Welcome to Knickknack News. I'm Alex. And I'm Anthony. And in this mini-sode, I'm talking about plant-based meat. <laughs> Long-time listeners of the show <laughs> will know that for some reason I bring, like, a lot of stories about this happening, especially, like, I mean, it is interesting. fast food restaurants bringing it into their menus. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to, like, kind of dive into what it is and, like, I was I was hoping to talk about the history, but really there hasn't been a lot of history about it. It literally <laughs> skips from like ancient China to the modern day because there's like <laughs> oh wow there's like no interest in it in like the period of time between them. Huh. Um, but I'll get into that. Um, so I got most of this from Wikipedia. And the, the best part is that the Wikipedia page that uh, corresponds to what I wanted is just titled "Meat Analog," <laughs> like. A-N-A-L-O-G-U-E, like an analog <laughs> to meat. It's not plant-based meat, it's meat analog, <laughs> which is like the most off-putting way to put it. So it, it, I'm assuming that that Wikipedia has not just plant-based, but also like other, other types lab of meat alternatives. things and yeah, yeah. meat alternatives. It focuses okay. primarily on plant-based ones though, so. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> Wikipedia says a meat analog <laughs> Is a food industry term for a meat-like substance made from vegetarian ingredients. Um, more common terms are plant-based meat, vegan meat, meat substitute, mock meat, meat alternative, imitation meat, or vegetarian meat, or sometimes more pejoratively, fake meat or faux meat. So, um, that's. The I haven't heard anybody call it fake meat. Yeah, I haven't really either. Hmm. Um, so. They said meat analogs typically approximate certain aesthetic qualities, such as the texture, flavor, and appearance of meat, or chemical characteristics of specific types of meat. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> like, I think most of like what they've been able to make so far is like beef-like, um, but they're trying for other types. Mm -hmm. uh, many analogs are soy-based, such as tofu, or gluten-based, but may also be made from pea protein. Um, other less common analogs include cottage cheese as a meat oh. analog, which doesn't make a lot of sense because it's also not vegan. Um, and then mycoprotein, which is a form of single cell protein derived from fungi, which I also haven't heard about. Um, but there are some mushrooms that have kind of a meat, meaty quality to them, like a portobello or something. So I can kind of see that working. Um, <laughs> So, like I said, this starts in, like, ancient China because uh, tofu um, is one of the first documented meat analogs, and it was invented in China. Um, I didn't know that was invented in China. By the time of the Han Dynasty, which was 206 B.C. to 220 A.D. So not, like, super ancient China, but um, yeah. a while ago. Um, drawings of tofu production have been discovered in a Han Dynasty tomb. So that's, like, how they Whoa. know. And apparently there were writings from the time that referred to it as, like, like mutton, like small mutton or something was like the like literal translation. Yeah. So they like were referring to it as like a substitute for meat explicitly. Wow. Um, yeah. And then there was like really not a lot of activity with this until the late 19th century. Like obviously like tofu was kind of like, there weren't a lot of people looking for meat based on like meat alternatives for a while, which kind of makes sense. Like people weren't like, considering the implications or, like, mm -hmm. any of it. Um, 
So there was an increased interest in meat analogs during the late 19th century and the first half of the 20th century. Uh, prior to 1950, interest in meat analogs came from vegetarians searching for alternatives to meat protein, which is still, I would say, the case, um, and regular meat eaters who were confronted with food shortages during World War I and World War II. Oh. So that was a reason some people would be eating it then. Um, and then we skip ahead to 2016. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's, like I said, there wasn't a lot of history, which was kind of surprising. Um, but uh, that's when Impossible Foods introduced their beef substitute. It was in 2016, um, which honestly feels wow. like it was a while ago. Or, or no, not I feel that like long it, ago. Yes, I, yeah, I was just going to say I that meant. too. It yeah. feels like it was more recent than that. Right, but no, 2016. Okay. Um, and they claimed it offered the appearance, taste, and cooking properties similar to meat, which, yeah, it does. Which it does. Yeah. <laughs> Good claim. Uh, it seems accurate. Um, accurate to claim. <laughs> April 2019 is when Burger King introduced the Impossible Whopper, which was released nationwide later that year and became one of the most successful product launches in Burger King's history. Oh, wow. And then in October 2019, uh, restaurants such as Carl's Jr., Hardee's, which I'm pretty sure are the same thing, just different names in different locations, um, A&W, Dunkin' Donuts, and KFC were also selling meat analog products. Uh, meat analog products. It's just such an unfortunate way to, to talk about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Are currently made. This is the greatest part of the article to me. They said meat analog products are currently made by two basic processes e- through either thermoplastic extrusion or fiber spinning. And then they proceeded to not describe anything about that process, <laughs> I, either of those processes whatsoever. And I was like looking up, trying to find like. How is this happening? But I couldn't find anything like meat specific I mean, about like. I know what extrusion is, right? Yeah, I, but I how I don't know why how would it's that thermoplastic extrusion? Because from what I could find, that was like just referred to plastics that could be melted to a certain amount and then extruded through. I don't remember what they call it. A dye? Is it a dye that they extrude uh, through? Yeah, I think that might be what it's called. Yeah, like um, like molds and stuff. And then the same with fiber spinning. It's like that. I don't know. It's what like that polymers is. and stuff. It's not meat parts but like it's not yeah it's not usually used those those manufacturing processes are not usually used for food, food items yeah but well, i mean they that could extrusion be. can not... be used for like cereals sometimes oh they'll use it but like it but it's I, like, I, they didn't it's, get any have, more information if you have something that can be kind of melted into a glob and then you want to like print the shapes of it or something like i could see i'm speculating here but maybe like Cereals that have like marshmallows that are certain shapes and colors, oh. maybe you, you, that could be like an excru- extruded thing. Okay. Um, I'm surprised that like a meat patty would yeah. be extruded, but I, don't I know in could what... see it. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> if it's just like a mishmash of like the the stuff, you know, and then yeah. you just pr- you're printing out the I don't know. I was wish yeah. I wish they had just gone into more detail about like the actual mechanics of it because then they just talked about the like formulation and like, oh, I didn't yeah. find that super interesting. Hmm. It's like it's mostly plant based protein. It's, it's like, it's like okay. yeah, I know knew that you just told me that. <laughs> um, so then, like, just a couple other points from the from the Wikipedia article. Um, the book "The End of Animal Farming" by J.C. Reith Anthus or J.C. Reese Anthus. Wow. Uh, argues that plant-based food and cultured meat will completely replace animal-based food by 2100, which, like, bold claim to make. You won't be around. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm a person, and I say that by 150 years from now, this will happen. It's like, yeah. okay. Yeah, cool. I can, I can <laughs> say right. some, yeah. By 2100, uh, people won't have noses. Yeah, like. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hold me to it. Oh, wait, you can't. Oh, I wait. won't be there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so 
Um, and just like to wrap it up, there's like a criticism section in this article. Uh, oh. They said meat analog companies, including Beyond Meat and Impossible Foods, have been criticized for their marketing and the makeup of their products, as well as their use of animal testing. Which seems like it would kind of defeat the purpose of making something like this. Animal testing of Yeah, like what? to see if it was safe for them to consume, I guess. Oh. Which is just kind of weird. That is I mean, it is that how they – maybe that's normal for the food industry of like a new food? Like you give it to like know. animals first to make sure there's not weird reactions or something? That's my best guess. I didn't yeah. know that. If that's kind of true, like, I'm guessing. If your whole point is replacing animal-based products, like probably don't test them on animals. I don't know. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I know. At the same time, maybe there's like regulations that there they might have to be fall a requirement they have to. or something. Yeah. yeah. Overall, you're still using animals way less if the food is not also <laughs> this is <true>. animals. <laughs> uh, dietitians have claimed that uh, these plant-based meats aren't necessarily healthier than actual meat due to their highly processed nature and sodium content. So. Sodium. Yeah. So there's reason, like, like obviously there's a lot of people eat them for the ethical reasons more so than the health reasons, but, like, it sounds like it's not necessarily something you should turn to for health reasons either, um, just because of the way they're yeah, processed. Yeah, because it's processed. Yeah. So, it's, and like anything processed, it has additives and it's going to mm-hmm. have things in it that, yeah, are not best for your health probably, but. Yeah. If you want to avoid all that, then I guess don't eat food. Then just like, eat plants that yeah, aren't just go formulated into some, some a meat tasting thing. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing is like I, I think a lot of like people who are vegetarian or vegan aren't actually interested in eating like meat in the first place. Like, so they don't have an interest in a replacement either. Like, I, I, I feel like people who are vegan or vegetarian for like that reason are not the market for these. Yeah, yeah. I think it's more. I think it's more of the people interested in sustainability, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. All right, that's our mini-sode. We release episodes every Friday, and as always, the links to the content we discussed today will be in the episode description. You can subscribe to Knickknack News on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. And you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash News, on Twitter at at News, and on Instagram at News. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.